Christmas came early. For those of you that have started with us in September, this fan was not working. And I was sweated like a pig in a manger, a barn, every single Sunday. And now we have light, and now we have fans. And so I have to bring my keys and my phone just to hold down my paper. Now, I know there's probably many of you out there that use your gadgets and use your electronics. I love the paper. I still like writing little doodle, like doodle things. And I, I just like the paper. I'll write it on a computer, but I still like to print it out on a piece of paper. Find a neighbor nearby that you trust and say, you look good. You look wrapped in his presence. First ever choir. Why did the choir not drink the eggnog before they perform? Because it was an acquired taste. There are no jokes required for this sermon, but I decided at a five o'clock on a Saturday. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. My sister is here, and so it just brings out the the best in me, and I want to bring you some hope today. So I entitled my message, Birth, the Birth of Hope, the Birth of Hope. And I started off a little bit weird because my beautiful wife, who always steals my thunder, just by walking in the room, used my entire passage in the opening. So if I read it, it would be redundant, and I would... Like, lower your level of education because you already got it. So I'm going to read the last few verses that she did not hit, and we're going to go right into this bad boy. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. In verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Lord, all across this place, we ask for your presence to increase as many of us are about to go into festivities tonight and tomorrow and open a slew of presents, but we ask for the gift of your presence that would be a marking upon our hearts, a marking upon our minds and souls. I know that there are a few that came in this evening beat and battered from this world and let your presence heal. Let your presence come upon and do such a, a, a gripping and a blanket type of covering for you, Jesus, are the hope of the world. In Jesus' precious name and all of God's people said amen. The birth of Jesus brought hope into the world. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name will be called Emmanuel. I have a son who's in the back, who's filming me who is going to be super upset that I'm going to use him for this illustration because I did not give him any warning. He's like, Dad, I got a job to do. I am here to film with my throwback Tommy Hilfiger sweater that I got for him, okay, because it didn't fit me. It would fit him. 
I had made sure that all of my three sons, when we moved out to the west side, and this is many years ago, that they knew some kind of martial art. Because I knew that going to the west side light schools that they went out here, like, like Nanakuli, Wainai, that's like west side, west side. We are in Kapole, so we're west side light. But still, at the west side light schools, they try to test you, try to make sure that your um, physical attacking game is on. So I put all three of them in jujitsu at a very, very young age. And one of the first attacks that they share with you outside of all of the defense moves that you use is something that you would see in an MMA fight. It's called a rear naked choke. And I would love to de demonstrate it on Kila or someone else, but I don't want to deal with any lawsuits. So if I put him to sleep, it's my own son. So Zio, come up to the front over here real quick. Sydney will take over, just uh, run up to the front quicker. Want to see what this phase one training has been doing. So I want to see some speed and some quickness. So get up to the front here. We got Coach Paul here and the crew. He's like, oh man, don't worry, your presence going to be really good this year. So stand up over here on the second one. Can you give it up for my volunteer here? <laughs> Who has vo been voluntold. All right. So I'm on, I should have got my black belt this year, but uh, some bumps in the road, some busyness of schedule. Um, I've been stuck in this, this belt called Brown for a very, very, very long time. And it's okay, because jujitsu is a journey. The, one of the first things that I learned when I was in jujitsu as a white belt is getting choked out time after time, by skinny, scrawny dudes that were like 125 pounds soaking wet. So I knew there would have to be something with jujitsu that would take a guy like me who just kind of roughly carries 250 on a good day, 245 if I'm like on keto. So they wrap your arm around the neck and then you're supposed you're supposed to grab your own bicep like so. And then after you grab your own bicep, you put your hand behind their head like so. And then you just squeeze. Squeeze. But every time I let go, he, he's able to breathe. This happened to me many times. And I got into this zone, this is what happens. You kind of squeeze, and then everything that you see begins to close like a window. And then you get a buzzing in your ear. And you think, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I can handle, I can handle, I can handle. Until you're on the floor, you're in deep dream, and your body is in a conniption fit. Would you like to see that right now? <laughs> Give it up for my uh, lovely assistant. God's last-ditch effort for this world was to bring his one and only son as a sacrifice born in a manger. All the songs that we sing, to be the hope and the savior of the world. And all we need to do is run to him and surrender and tap out and tap out of the life that we think. It's so important, so we grip onto it, we strangle life and just be like, I know exactly what life is all about. And God wants us to let go and surrender and tap out before the window closes, before the window is piled. 
and we're blacked out and we're no longer on this earth. There is a moment in time where we have to come to grips with what God has called us to do, which is accept the free gift, which is the hope, Jesus being the hope of the world. We know the greatest sacrifice is this, that Christ put his arms on a cross and he stretched it out and he died for our sins. That is the typical Easter message we're in Christmas. That's the greatest sacrifice on this earth. In heaven, however, the greatest sacrifice that was ever made in heaven when God looked at all the different angels and looked at the streets of gold and look at all the amazing mansions that we're going to live in one day. And I hope mine has like the killer 70 inch TV or bigger. Out of all the splendor in heaven, the most prized thing that he adores is his son. And as he peered into this earth and at the portion of scripture that we read, the voice of God wasn't heard for decades, for centuries. That God didn't speak. It was just dormant and silent. And everyone was just wanting a word of the Lord. And my wife did an amazing job speaking the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 2. And finally, God looks into the world and says, the final answer is coming. The missing piece to all the puzzled minds that were in the earth some 2022 Years ago, at the very beginning of what we call Anno Domini, after the birth of Christ, or after the death of Christ, in that era is when the hope of the world came in to give us life. Can somebody say amen? It is literally the gift. It is the gift that honestly gave me that final peace where I didn't need stuff anymore. As a young Christian, as a young man, stuff was like the main thing, or titles were the main thing, or degrees were the main thing, and I would chase after all of those things and would always leave me unfulfilled until I got into a full contact grapple match with God. And I finally surrendered and tapped out and say, God, I'm tired of living life my way, Wade's way. I show me another way. Show me another way. And in this grappling session and wrestling after God, God began to unveil his amazing plan for me. Through Christ, we are giving hope for a new life on earth and eternal life in heaven. Romans 6.23 says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ, Jesus our Lord. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus' birth is amazing. I love Christmas. I love everything about decorating the house and the inflatable dolls and all of the Christmas cookies that people give to me. And I just have to just, Lord, calories don't count in Christmas. Just tell yourself that and it works. Just do some extra steps. Get extra 10,000 steps. God wants to rewrite your story. Before you can get your story rewritten, you have to run to him and say, I I'm tired of wrestling with life by myself. I want to wrestle with you, God. What do you have to unfold for me? The only time he unfolds his story is when we start getting into this grappling and wrestling match with God. The disciples that were watching Christ, now as a grown man at 33 years old, saw him get beat down to a pulp. 
saw his body get laid down and taken away to be put into a tomb. And so what they thought was that the hope was gone and that the story was over. And so they went into hiding. And the thing that Jesus told them that they were going to do, that Peter denied, I'm never going to deny you, I'm never going to deny you. Soon as they hear the cock-a-doo-doo-doo at the chicken fight, here comes Peter remembering what Jesus had told him that you were going to run away, that you were going to think that the story was over, but it was just beginning. And the hope of our world in the form of Christ as the Savior of the world came to bear his life on the cross. And instead of making sport of the disciples that were supposed to be his friends and putting them on blast on internet when someone rubs you the wrong way and you put a little comment on their thing and you throw like some passive aggressive shot at them instead of going and rejecting the backstabbers which is was supposed to be his friends he ran after them and restored them and said your story is not over that it is not over anymore i'm coming to give you a hope and a future i am rewriting your story i'm a teacher and there's a lot of teachers that are freaking out because there's this program, I don't know the exact name, I think it's like chat GBT or some, where you can give the search engine your ideas and it'll write out an entire paper for you. And you can submit that to your college professor and there will be no copyright infringement, there will be no plagiarism, because the program, the AI, will make up the story for you. I'm a good writer, and I always was as a kid, but I would type really slow. So I'd make friends with the cute girl in my typing class at school, because she could type it out in like five minutes, and would have my paper for me. We're living in a time right now <laughs> where if I'm struggling with my sermon, <clears throat> I can go into this program, just kind of give it the, the main passage, and kind of my ideas, and it can write the story, but it would be artificial. It wouldn't be from the Lord. It wouldn't be from my heart. It wouldn't be from the Spirit of God. And some of us think that our stories are said and done that has already been completed because of a mistake. Some of you might have made a mistake in life and just say, this is over. God cannot use me. As soon as we turn from where we were headed and we start walking towards him and having honest conversations with God, he begins to write your story because God is called the author and the perfecter of our faith. And I see some new people here this evening and I'm so glad that you came. And I know you probably were like, I thought that the Christmas play was at five o'clock. Your friend tricked you. It's at 6.30 p.m. So if you want to see the Christmas play, it is going to be at the second service, but I brought you Manapuas just as a consolation prize. I don't want you to leave this evening without you understanding that the Savior of the world and his presence is not just some mythical story that happened 2,000 years ago. That the author and the perfecter of our faith has greater chapters in your life, the latter is always going to be greater than the former. So my seasoned veterans that are like 75 years old, 85 years old, hear me 
Right now, God is not done with you. For the teenager that is in the house wondering if they're going to be going to, to this college or wondering what they're supposed to do with their life, guess what? You don't have to figure it out because God already wrote the story. And all you got to do is wrestle with him. And all you have to do is tap out the life that you have, that you think is your own. It is not. It is his story to write. He has chapters for you. And when we run to the altar, when we run to the author, we begin to understand what the story of our life is supposed to be. When it came to God, I, I wanted to, to do things for him. I was just like, I just want to serve. I want to do some editing. I did editing before. I wanted to do some like help out with the youth. I did a lot of youth ministry before. And part of my journey as of following God came as I went on different mission trips. And I know there's a bunch of missionaries that have been on long-term mission trips. And I, I'm kind of geared for the short-term ones, three weeks, two weeks, four weeks. I would follow this pastor, and his name is Pastor Paris Hayashi. And he took me to India, took me to the Philippines, all over the world. I got him so mad one time because I went to the movies with the missions team because we were reaching out to lost people in the Philippines. So I was like, they like movies. They like karaoke. We're not going to sing right now. We're going to go to the movies. And he's like blowing up my phone. You need to be in this meeting. We're supposed to blank, blank, blank. I've never seen him so upset in my entire life. I sat down, just boggled because I thought we were doing the right thing by reaching out to these high school students, treating them to a movie. I got so mad, I grabbed the pillow and I threw it just randomly and it hit Pastor Coach Alfredo in the face. Some of you guys know he's about like yay tall, but my accuracy was pretty nice. And um, I watched this pastor, Pastor Paris Hayashi, the leader of our team, over the course of decades wrestle with God through the highs and lows of this life. I've seen him embrace singlehood. All you singles out there that just say, my life would be so much better if I'm married. Talk to married couples. They'll tell you. It's as tough as it is and even worse as you're married. No, no, no. I just need to get married and everything will be good. I'll have to burn with these desires. I'm telling you right now, deal with your issues as a single person before you get into marriage. And all my married people said, amen. I watched this pastor embrace his singlehood. I've watched him embrace the trials of getting engaged and having it broken up. Engage, like thinking that your story of like going into your married life was going to happen and then it all crumbled. Yet his faith remained steady and steadfast. And the video that we're about to watch will really bring this thing to a close on why Christ is the hope of the world. Because we could quit on God for less. And this leader and friend of mine tarried and walked the path. And when people would call it quits, and I've seen people call it quits for way less, he stayed in the fight because he knew that Christ is the hope of the world. So turn your attention to the screen as we watch this amazing video testimony. I grew up in the Philippines and my family immigrated here to the U.S. when I was eight. I grew up in Long Beach. My parents ended up 
Getting divorced, and in high school, my father passed away when I was 18. So life was very difficult for me growing up. When I was 24, I ended up getting married, and we were married less than two years. It wasn't a good marriage. It was kind of repeating what my parents had gone through. And so through that, I went through a separation and went through a divorce, and that's when I came to Pearlside. We first met the day after she got saved. And so I just started asking her questions. I said, well, she's new. Just get to know her story and get to know what she's about. And we can just develop a friendship from that. That was in 2011. And then um, he ended up proposing New Year's 2012. Eight months later, 2013, we got married. And now we've made nine years going on 10. In our marriage, uh, we really wanted children, but it just never worked out. And we tried to Go. conceive, uh, we tried to do some medical procedures. Uh, it never, nothing worked. Before he was going to turn 50, we decided, okay, we should do in vitro. And we were going to go on a cruise to Alaska for his 50th. And so the doctor said, once you return from the trip, we can start the process. Thankfully, uh, when we got back, we didn't have to go through the process because we were already pregnant. And then we came in on week nine for the first ultrasound and we didn't hear a heartbeat. Did another uh, ultrasound, same result. And then they gave me another option of what we can do to help the baby pass along. And then it just happened naturally at home, which was really hard. In 2019, my father passed away. And growing up, I've heard rumors about the possibility of me being adopted. And so I finally asked my mom, am I adopted? And when I was younger, she would always just say, you're mine. And so the morning after my father passed away, I decided to ask her one final time. And finally, she was able to say, yes, you are adopted. The loss of our, our child, my father passing away, me finding out that I was adopted, that kind of became a tipping point or a trigger for us to take on fostering and adoption. Since 2020 until now, we've had 17 children come in and out of our house. And currently, we have four little girls. One of them we've had since she was two days old, and her name was Selena. And I told this to Pastor Camille that I would name my first child Hope. And then when I was sitting in the, the room waiting for the doctor to come in, I saw the paper was updated that her name was Selena Hope. We didn't give her that name. I guess the mom chose to add Hope in the middle. We celebrated her birthday, and the morning after her birthday party, I felt led to go take a pregnancy test. And within seconds, it was a positive result. 
It was unexpected. It was unexpected. We weren't even trying, we weren't even planning for it. And um, the amazing thing is, I just turned 40 in October. From my personal journey growing up and not having a purpose, not having a future, and God redeeming my life and turning it around. Like, who am I that, that God would love me this much, that He would redeem my story and use me to be a blessing to these kids, you know, kids that are not ours, that He would entrust us with their lives. A lot of them come from broken families, come from difficult situations. There's a lot of fear that they go through just like I did growing up, being abandoned or not loved and coming from nothing. When I look back at my upbringing, they never made me feel like I was adopted. And I think that's the feeling we want to convey when these children come into our home. We want to love them and make them feel like they're our own. You want a girl? Oh, or a boy? Yeah. But you want a girl or a boy? No. to actually adopt the four that we currently have and open up our home for more fosters. This place that we were given, we know this, it wasn't just for us, and we know it's for the next generation. The worship team, you guys can come on to the front. I knew that God is real. And I have to say it like in this joking way or else I want to cry. Because he waited a long time to even just get married. And I knew God is real because like, I would say, God, how in the world did he get her? There's no way that you should have got, she is a dime. So now all kidding aside, there's that portion in the video where he lost the baby, lost his dad, found out he was adopted and the story i know it doesn't say in the video but he was just kind of lied to growing up and um then right after he's like well that led me to and then a lot of people would be like i'm just done like god this is unfair this is why would i keep going why would i keep living for you he says no i want to foster i want to just take care of kids and they're not my own but God if you're gonna let me parent these children they count it all joy and a blessing to be able to steward lives and it's upwards it was more than 17 and they're gonna shepherd even more you just not done with your story and sometimes we quit too soon on God that he can't come through and I just want to let you know God is not done with you 
And so whatever you've been wrestling with, you've been praying for, you've been seeking after him and maybe struggled because it's like time. Sometimes it's just like, God, I just want it now. And God is just like, he delivers it in his perfect timing. I want to let you know the hope has arrived in the form of Jesus and he's not done with your story.